Joso. Uh, no. More about gel coat. When the force. Don't you call in the. More importantly. Oh. Did you watch Can't Hurry Love, David? I watched Can't Hurry Love, and you could not hurry me through that episode because I had to keep stopping to research people and places and things and facts about this show. But um, by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, this this was okay. I liked it. I wasn't mad at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fancy McKean is delightful. I have some notes. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some glaring red flag. How many episodes did you watch? Just the one. J- the just pilot? the one. But I, I think we may need to revisit these. On uh... Uh, no, you don't. No, no. We don't. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, what we're talking about? Hi, Tutti Fruities. We've we've mm. started without you. Uh, you're joining this program already in progress. <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> the wonderful Can't Hurry Love, season one, well, season only, uh, episode one called Aptly Pilot. And uh, it is a Nancy McKeon sitcom from 1995. And uh, it only ran 19 episodes before it was canceled. And according to the cast list, there's basically four core cast members. And one of the men is not in this pilot. It's a different guy that some executive somewhere clearly went, okay, lose this fucker. Yeah. They apparently um, decided to Darren that guy. They, they <laughs> pulled a, a Darren and a Becky and a, and a what's her pussy from different strokes, a Maggie. They Maggied us, David. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if that is, that would, like, you understood what I said. Like, anybody would understand I said they pulled a Darren from Bewitched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody would get it if I said they pulled a Maggie from different strokes. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, so raped in the cellar of the bicycle shop? It's like, no, no, that was Dudley. <laughs> Which, P.S., speaking of that, David, I mm-hmm. just watched a documentary about Nickelodeon. From the 90s. Oh. And which I apparently stopped watching in the 80s because after they got past You Can't Do That on Television, um, I was pretty much like, and Double Dare, I was kind of like, mm, whatever. But yeah. did you know that Sam from Different Strokes went on to a television show on Nickelodeon? Little redheaded Sam, the son of yes. Maggie? Yes. And I, I, I did. I now bear in mind, I, I'm too, I am too old for Nickelodeon. Like it was not a thing. Oh, I, I didn't watch. I was already too old for you can't do that on television. Double dare. I was it's sadly that's just a product of my age where uh, it hit just yeah. just at the time in my life when it wasn't going to stick. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is because he was on this documentary and who Sam has had a rough life. Oh, no. <laughs> Like, uh, like, like Bonaducci rough life or, uh, um, like Axl Rose tough life. Mm, wow. Like, he, like he had dark circles under his eyes. If you know what I mean, David, Uh huh. um, <laughs> his, I think somewhere in the early two thousands, when the money stopped rolling in, his life became a mess. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he may have, he may have kicked it by now, but oof, tough yeah. life. Wow. And we're not laughing uh, at that. 
I don't no. know what I don't know what we are laughing at, but we're not laughing at the misfortune of another human being. We're far too uh, good people to to do that. Speaking of that, can we talk about this turd? Can't hurry, love. <laughs> Kidding. I did. I did like it. I did no research like you did, apparently, David. I didn't look up any of these assholes. Oh, I'm so I'm excited to hear about them. OK, well, here's what's fascinating. Can't hurry, love. The premise of the show, according to I think this is from this is either Wikipedia or IMDb, because those are literally the only sites I bother to go to. Uh, the series is about Annie, a single 30 something woman living in New York and her three friends, Dee Dee, Roger and Elliot. The general premise centers around love seeking by okay this has got to be imdb this sounds this is pretty bad uh the general premise centers around love seeking by annie most of the action takes place in either annie's small apartment or the employment agency she manages roger and elliot work with her at the agency Dee Dee is the sexy free spirit uh lives in the apartment across the hall from her um so this is fascinating because it is a CBS show and it premiered September 18th of 1995. Mm -hmm. And uh, clearly it was the uh, Johnny Come Lately series about young people living in New York uh, because the previous season, we had two shows on the two other networks. There was a show on ABC that premiered in March of 94 called These Friends of Mine. <laughs> starring an up-and-coming uh, stand-up comedian named Ellen DeGeneres. And the show was later titled to Ellen because she was kind of the standout in what was, I think, supposed to be an ensemble show. But in hindsight, you're like, really? They thought that that was going to be an ensemble thing? when Who anyway. sat in that pitch meeting and was like, let's call it this. Yeah, These Friends of Mine. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible title. Well, that's March of 94, September of 94, a little show called Friends premiered on NBC. And uh, uh, you may have heard of it. You ever heard of it? Did you ever watch Friends? You ever heard of that show, Matthew? Honestly, I cannot get through an episode of Friends. <gasps> I, 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 I know the cheese stands alone. I do not begrudge people who enjoy it. I just, I, 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 you? I can't. There, it's the beginning of television where we, where we celebrated vapid people. And it paved the way for Will and Grace, for vapid people, and Seinfeld, vapid people, like all came around the same time to me in my head. So no, I didn't like Friends. I'm sorry. Oh, because <laughs> Friends ran for 10 seasons from 94 yeah. to 04. And then we just had uh, this, this recording is happening uh, right at the beginning of June of 2021. So literally last week, was the HBO Max special reunion show. And I heard Jennifer Aniston looked younger than she did when she was on the fucking show. Yeah. So. And Courtney Cox looks good, but done. And you have to wonder, like, if that has added to Lisa Kudrow and Courtney Cox, if it has added to their anxiety, they're like, oh, hmm, yep, yeah, 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 Jennifer looks great. Yeah. In every interview, <laughs> they probably have to hear, how does Jennifer Aniston do it? I don't know how that bitch does it. All right. She has better genes than I do. Stop, <laughs> uh, stop everybody. Could we please stop commenting on how great Jennifer Aniston looks? Unless we're going to throw in how great Courtney looks and how great that's got to add to their anxiety. I would think. 
when we when we get to the point, there's an interview they do with James Corden where they're sitting on the Central Perk couch, but in front of the fountain in which they filmed the opening theme song clips, uh, they the lighting is different. It's outdoor at night, but it's lit different. And they get some closer up than you would expect close-ups. And you look at Jennifer Aniston and you're like, ah, oh, there it is. So she doesn't look, quite, she looks youthful. And I think she just might have the lucky fortune of being the more photogenic. But, mm. but Lisa Kudrow looks great. And she, she's like 60. And uh, she is. <laughs> I think she. Echo, but, how old is Lisa Kudrow? 57 years old. I thought she was like a lot older. I thought she was like um, Andrea on 90210. Yeah. yeah. I thought so too. Let's, yeah. And let's not forget, Jennifer Aniston is fucking 57 years or 56 years old. She's 100. She might as well be. She's Jennifer over 50. Aniston's my age. <clears throat> she, she, oh she's God. not that old. Oh, you sound like Mrs. Garrett talking about Tina Turner. <laughs> In the shitty blue lighting that magically changes four minutes before the end of the episode. Echo, how old is Jennifer Aniston? 52 years old. She was born on February 11th, 1969. She is six months younger than I am. So, you know, th there are those of us of that certain age who still look insanely youthful and exceptionally attractive when photographed. It's a I magical just, ingredient. You're born <clears throat> with it. I just wonder if people like, there's a word for people like Jennifer Aniston. What is it? Oh, yeah, bitch. <laughs> There's a word for gorgeous, young looking women that never age. What is the, oh yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the wonderful Can't Hurry Love. It's a little sad. It's a little like, oh, we already got, and you know, Hollywood is so fucking weird. This show could have been in production three years prior before anybody even imagined the Ellen Show or Friends. I mean, yeah. it's possible. But at this point, however the chips landed, is that we had the the Ellen Show, which was doing okay. I think it was after Roseanne, so it was kind of hanging on to that audience. And it was okay popular. They still made some changes. And then, and then Friends hit. And even in its first season, Friends was a hit, but it wasn't the monster it would become yeah. by season three or four. Uh, and then to be like this, oh, hey, we got young people in New York, too. Check us out. Yeah. And I, I can't compare it to Friends much, but you, we all know Nancy was up for Friends. Yeah, for Monica. Yeah. I don't know if they didn't call her or if she turned them down. But yeah. this is not an unpopular show. Not at all. Did you see that information when you yeah. did you do any research? Yeah, I looked up like what it was up against. And I mean, CBS clearly wanted this to succeed. They gave it their best time slot they had of the mm -hmm. week. Oh, yes. It was on 830 between fucking the nanny and Murphy Brown. Now, yeah. granted, this was towards the end of the Murphy Brown reign. Um, um, I still put forth the nanny was number 16 in the Nielsen's for that season. Murphy Brown was 18. Murphy Brown was still in the top 20 yeah. at this point. So it's not like it was in its deep, deep twilight. It, we weren't in short hair, uh, Lily Tomlin territory. I don't believe 
Because that's to me where where it jumped the shark, man. Why am I even here? Why? (laughs) I don't even know I'm here. (laughs) That's my Lily Tomlin. Um, It was like she was here. It's like she just jumped on my Zoom screen, Matthew. It was amazing. (laughs) So I think the big problem, David, with this is that unlike Friends, which kind of didn't it really followed the sit. It, this was a little too sitcommy mm-hmm. t- than than Friends was. I feel like in the fact that it is one normal person, Nancy McKeon, mm-hmm. surrounded by a wacky group of friends. <laughs> yes, and like okay, when and when you've got all of your friends that are just wacky, it becomes like ugh, okay. Whereas, uh, and I couldn't even wait to where they introduced her mother or something who was played by the fucking like Faye Dunaway or whatever. Joanne Worley is what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Just ridiculous. (laughs) So I I just, I don't know. I just, I mean, I wasn't mad at it. She's delightful. Um, Yeah. And this has been fun. So. But no, we're not done yet. No, sorry. We we get a lot more to cover, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Much as you may not want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to expound a bit on your talk about the time slot. Yes, they did want it to succeed, but CBS also uh, was doing that shitty, awful network thing of we have the nanny, we have Murphy Brown. Now we can just rotate shows in and out of the 8.30 and 9.30 time slot and see what hits. Yeah. And uh, the sad thing is that of all the shows that rotated in and out, this is the one that came in the best as far as the Nielsen's. This show, which they did cancel after one season, it came in at number 24, Matthew. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's the best rating the Facts of Life got in season three of its nine year run. Nancy McKeon had never seen ratings so good. And it's like, nope, they canceled it. And and it could be who knows why, because of celebrities, because of money, because of this and that. But the other shows they were rotating in out of the 830 slot was uh, Dave's World, which was the sitcom based on writer Dave Barry. Well, it's it was on forever, though, wasn't it? It was on for I look at it now. Yeah, it was on for four years. Um, Yeah, I know. But wasn't that um, what's his pussy from Night Court? Wasn't that Harry Anderson? Oh, was it? That's right. It was. It was. It was a Harry Anderson show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Can't Hurry Love bumped Dave World, Dave's World, out of its spot that season, or if Dave's, or if they moved Dave World for another night. So I don't know. Yeah, and then you also had Almost Perfect, which was the Nancy Travis show that um, that was created by. Ken Levine and David Isaacs, who were writers for MASH and for Cheers and Frasier. And uh, Ken Levine has a great podcast called Hollywood and Levine, where he talks about uh, the old days. And Almost Perfect was a great show. I remember watching it faithfully for how short a time it was on. It was about the month that it was on. Yeah. No, no. It was on for a season and then they canceled it after like a couple of like four episodes into season two. But it was about Nancy Travis being uh, the head writer for a cop show and her wacky uh, co-worker characters, but also trying to balance it with meeting the big love of her life when she gets this 
super coveted job in the TV world that is super high stress, tons of hours. So it's it's a work-life balance show. And the man playing her love interest, Kevin Kilner. Oh my God, he is so fucking hot. <laughs> oh, we, too, we used to just tune in and drool over Kevin Kilner. He was the man. I think he ended up moving on to a cop show later. I don't know that he ever did anything huge. He's probably one of those that's been on one of the cop shows that's been running for 12 years that we've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Kilner went on to do a fuck ton of pilots, like just from the year 2000 to now, there's probably 50 credits here on his Wikipedia page. Like he has done a ton of one-offs, but it, I, I can't tell from the way it's listed here. And I, I don't want to waste any more time talking about him because that's not the show we're discussing. But uh, the, the, the thing I'm leading up to is almost perfect. Great, great show. And then there was a change of leadership at the network. And some asshole idiot said, I don't like this show. It should be about a single girl. We need her to be dating. And it's like, mm. like we don't have enough shows about single career gals. Like that hasn't been done and done and done and done well already. So they basically were told that the showrunners were told fire Kevin Kilner or the show is canceled. And then they fired Kevin Kilner. They tried their best to write some new shows. And then the, the network canceled the show after like four or six episodes. So it's, it's just a crying shame. Mm. Yeah. So it, it just sucks because TV shows, particularly in these days when there were four networks instead of three that we're usually talking about during the facts of life with four networks, you still need a time to build an audience. You need to put a show on and leave it in a time slot and see how it does. And then the 9.30 shows that they tried to do, uh, If Not For You, it was a romantic sitcom with Elizabeth McGovern and Hank Azaria. Also had Peter Krause in the cast before he went on to do Sports Night and Six Feet Under and Parenthood. And then there was also, I'm sure you're aware of this show, Matthew, High Society. Oh, God, that tragedy. Ugh. 13 episodes. It was the attempt to do an American version of AbFab without it being called the American version of AbFab with Gene Smart and Mary McDonnell. Mm. And it was fun. Typically, when we bring over British shows, we don't keep the name. Yeah. I mean, so that wasn't what bothered me. What bothered me was just how terrible it was. It wasn't good. And at one point, they didn't have confidence in the show where... Uh, at one point, out of the blue, they added uh, my close personal friend, Tony Award winner, Faith Prince, mm-hmm. into the cast to become a, a, a co-worker of Mary McDonald's that was a threat to Gene Smart. Like, Gene Smart didn't like how this other person was muscling in on her French. And it's like, she wouldn't give her the time that she's supposed to be Patsy. She's supposed to be fucking boozy, druggy. I don't give a fuck. I'm into my own shit. And, you know, it's and also it was America, so we couldn't have them drinking. We couldn't have them getting drunk. We couldn't have them. I mean, they drank, but we couldn't have them to the level that they were. They didn't smoke. um, And that was entirely Patsy's character. It's the cigarettes. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. And they didn't do drugs. It was like, you know, it just wasn't as raw as AbFab. But I will tell you, AbFab does not hold up like you. Oh, 
and it's fucking painful. <laughs> oh shit. I haven't watched it. Oh. Um, well, the thing is, um, and, and we're talking about it like it was supposed to be a sanctioned AbFab adaptation. It was not. AbFab no. rights were owned by Roseanne at the time, and she had in development an American version of AbFab where they were trying to do it with Sandra Bernhard and Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, personality wise, I kind of sort of get it. But I also am like, yeah, I'm fairly certain that would have been 50 times worse than uh, than high society. Mm. And uh, one critic on TV, thankfully, I was like not the only person that thought this. I did read a review of it that said, and why do we need an American version of AbFab anyway? We have it and we have a very good version of it. It's called Sybil. Uh, if you think of it. Sybil yeah. is really the successful, uh, as as much as we could do a version of that type of thing without it being too crazy for network television. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. So Matthew, you know, the next thing I love to do is I love to talk about what else was playing uh, that night yeah. on TV. Not so much that night, but as far as what was scheduled on the network, the main schedule. We've talked about this never-ending revolving door in the half-hour slots on CBS. But let's look at the other networks. Let's look at ABC. Let's. Sometimes we had the ABC Monday Night Movie. Sometimes, if you so, were lucky, according to what I'm seeing as the were the shows that they, they yeah. offered. <laughs> and sometimes we would get The Marshall, which ran for two seasons, starring the wonderful Jeff Fahey. I believe he was a regular on Lost uh, later. But it was a, a pursuit of fugitives cop drama type of a thing where he was he was he was a marshal. He was a U.S. marshal. So, uh, yeah, that sounds thrilling. Then on NBC, we had uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then at the 830 slot directly in competition with this was a show called In the House, which starred LL Cool J and Debbie Allen. That was canceled after two seasons. Then UPN picked it up for two seasons and then it canceled it. And then it ran for one additional season in first run syndication. So in, it ended up with 72 episodes, which is pretty impressive. David, I'm just looking at this at Monday night. On ABC, you had the possibility of an ABC Monday night movie. On Fox, Fox night at the movies. Were, were, was the nanny the fucking gun smoke of its time, for God's sake? Were these other stations deciding that, oh, we can't possibly beat the nanny and Murphy Brown, so we might as well just put a movie up? Um, I, like, and is Monday night like the night you were like, oh, we can't wait for, to get home and watch a movie tonight. It's Monday. Yeah, if it's not Monday night football, of course, is the other thing. Yeah, you're right. You know what I think it is, honestly? I think Monday's not a big TV watching night anyway. Like people are still right. coming back from the weekend. I, I don't really know, but you're right. There's a lot of Monday movies and um, that could be just the place where the networks know they can put that stuff on and maybe get an audience if they can, you know, show Jaws or um, something that's kind of, you know, that hadn't been in the theater. Uh, too okay. long ago, but no, you're totally right. But oh God, no, the nanny wasn't that. This is the mid '90s. That wasn't a big deal. That wasn't a thing. And and remember, by the mid '90s, the home video market was 
hop, hop, hopping. We could watch pretty much anything that we could rent at the video store or purchase at Costco or Walmart or Kmart or whatever. And then on NBC at the nine o'clock time slot, Brotherly Love. That's the Joey Lawrence, Matthew Lawrence, Andrew Lawrence show about the three brothers who work in uh, an auto garage. They're mechanics. This is the show I couldn't think of the name of when we were watching the Facts of Life, Joe's cousin, backdoor pilot spinoff, where I was like, doesn't this, didn't this show end up happening just in a different form or something or with brothers? And I, I couldn't think of it. I thought it was the Finelli boys and that was the wrong, wrong show altogether. It's this, it was brotherly mm. love. And then, yeah, look, guess what? We have four networks now. We're so not used to talking about that. <laughs> But we have Fox and Melrose Place, mm. the OG Melrose Place with Heather Locklear and Courtney Thorne Smith and Doug Savant and Lisa Rinna and Daphne Zuniga and Jack Wagner and Alyssa Milano and Marcia Cross. It was a star maker, Matthew. <sighs> never watched in a single episode. I never missed an episode. Mm. It was it was an Aaron Spelling. It was like, okay, how do we do dynasty for, for poorer, younger people? <laughs> so before we start actually overly dissecting this episode, uh, we need to talk about the characters on the show. We don't need to go too crazy about it because uh, there are four kind of five main players and only two of them uh, are famous or would go on to be famous. And uh, the surprise for me, not that we knew Nancy McKeon had another series and that it did run a short time. We've referenced it often because in a later episode, Alex Rocco will be back to play her dad as he did on The Facts of Life. But I did not know that the second lead supporting player, Mariska Hargitay. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It's, it's a weird name. It's very weird. Uh, most people know her for being on Law and Order SVU, which she has been on for 22 seasons yeah. and counting yeah. since 1999. So far, 458 episodes, which is fucking insane. Yeah. And, and that doesn't count the other Law and Order franchises that she has appeared on in the same role. As, as other because it's like well i'm not working enough obviously i know that's how i'd feel if i were her but uh i did have to look up to make sure that i was pronouncing it right it is marishka with a shush sound in there hargate and she is the daughter of actor and better known as a famous bodybuilder uh mickey hargate who was married to famous large-breasted actress jane mansfield she was also pretty intelligent, other than her large breasts, David. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just saying. If Jane you say Mansfield. if you she say was... Jane Mansfield, it's that picture of her with the nip slip and Sophia Loren throwing her shade with the. Yeah, like Sophia Loren never pulled that shit. I know, okay. really. Yeah. yeah, and shave your pits, bitch. Anyhow, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Jane Mansfield, absolutely a three-dimensional human being, uh, a rich tapestry, uh, but probably best known and recognized for the fact that she had a great body and was very, very uh, buxom. 
Yeah, so but she wasn't on Can't Hurry Love. So, yeah, no, no, she didn't reach that level of fame like her daughter did. Um, so the other actors in it is a character named Roger. His name is Louis Mandylore, M-A-N-D-Y-L-O-R. And guess what? He was almost Joey on Friends. Mm. And you kind of see it. He's the Italian guy. He's the, you know, basically, oh, let's back up here. Like you said, Nancy McKeon, the normal one. The, I'm just trying to find love and manage my career in the city yeah. person. Uh, Marishka, his character's name is Dee Dee. She's the free spirit. She lives across the hall and is always like, you need to get out more. You need to fuck more guys. You need to jump out of a plane and parachute or whatever, you know. Um, so this uh, this Louis Mandylor plays Roger and he is basically playing, he's playing Joey Tribbiani. He's playing the Italian stallion guy who dates a lot of women and uh, is very well-versed in the dating scene. And <laughs> Chandler, to his Joey, is an actor named David Pressman, who is the nerdy guy at the office. And he is married and talks about his wife named Gail. And I think they were trying to set up uh, a Maris type of a thing here where we never see the wife. And I wonder if they ever planned for us to they see her. She did appear in two episodes. Oh, fuck. I know. How many did you I watch? Um, it just says that on her D IMDb, she is a character in the show. Oh, but actress, still, how many did twice. you watch, though? Um, I watched a couple. Okay. Because well, one of the main characters gets replaced halfway through. That's David Pressman, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't really see why. No, he was fine. I didn't I didn't look at that and say that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's funny you say that because my notes are all um narrowed down to the problem, like problem number one, problem number two, problem number three. Yeah. So that's what my notes go. Just trying Okay. Well then continuing with this, it was directed by James Widows, W-I-D-D-O-E-S. He started out as an actor on shows like Delta House, which was the TV version of Animal House. He was on Charles in Charge, but he would eventually move into directing. He has very few one-off directing gigs. Pretty much everything is always chunks of episodes on major series. And the three highlights that I found that were the biggest chunks, 63 episodes of Eight Simple Rules. Mm. John Ritter, Katie mm. Segal series. 142 episodes of Two and a Half Men. That's mm. the Charlie yep. Sheen, John Cryer show. And 123 episodes of Mom. You ever watch Mom, Allison Janney? Uh, it didn't grab me. Mm -hmm. it, it ran a lot. I think it was like seven, maybe even eight seasons. Yeah. I, I always liked it. I'm kind of with you. It never really grabbed me hard. I was like, eh, I could take it or leave it. And I love Alice and Janney. Good God. She's yeah. brilliant. And the show was created by and the pilot written by Gina Wendkos, W-E-N-D-K-O-S. She would go on to many other writing credits, including both of the Princess Diaries movies. Ah. Mm-hmm. So let's get going. Now let's talk about the pilot of Can't Hurry Love. First thing we hear is the theme song. 
Problem number one, David. Wait a minute, I'm singing the theme song. What is your problem? Well, my problem is that they didn't use Can't Hurry Love and that the song they did use is so unmemorable and so uninteresting that I'm already bored. As soon as the theme song starts. And I know this was around the time when we were getting rid of theme songs. True. You know, but it's still, it, it's not even like, at least like Seinfeld, that was an interesting sound. Yeah, it was memorable. Yeah. yeah. So and problem um, number one. <laughs> and in the multiple episodes you watched, it didn't change. Because sometimes no. in the pilot, they, they'll be like, well, we're not fucking paying the rights for this, we're just going to start off and see. And if the network picks it up, then we can pay for a theme song to be written. That does that does happen. Yeah, no, not that I noticed. Okay, well, we may visit the show again. Um, so we do get the shot of the New York City Manhattan skyline. And our first scene is we're in Annie's apartment, Annie being Nancy McKeon. And Dee Dee notices and kind of looks behind her to make sure that like, you know, she can't see me. She's up to something. This is the Mariska character. And Mariska is changing her answering machine to, I can't come to the phone now. I'm doing something so exciting. And of course, Nancy McKeon comes in and catches. Is like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, Annie, your life is so boring. It's Saturday night and you're sitting at home alone in your pajamas. And it is thankless trying to write a pilot to try and get out all the shit and explain the characters and create a situation. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, So that's what they're serving us here right now. And uh, you and I both, we, we watched a tiny little clip the other day. And when Nancy McKeon walks out with that 1990s bowl cut. Yeah. The grown out Demi Moore from Ghost. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, popular in the 90s, but wow. Yeah. Wow. I think it, it it reads even more boy than the mullet did in season seven of The Facts of Life. Um, I wrote down about that first scene, problem number two. Oh, good. <laughs> Give me more problems. Yeah. A laugh track. Oh. This, but but uh, a pilot, uh, I would get it. A, a pilot, they need... I get it. That it's, it's Hollywood. You can go to Hollywood Boulevard with a bus and be like, hey, any of you tourists want to go watch a, a TV show get filmed? Don't give me that. There's That's no excuse just because it's a pilot. Second of all, every fucking line got a laugh, just like the Big Bang Theory. If you've ever watched the Big Bang Theory without the laugh track, it's <laughs> funnier because of how long they actually have to stand and wait yeah. for the laugh. So, uh, so yeah, problem number two. And also problem number four already. Her name is Annie. Yeah, I, know, I thought that too. Uh, really? Annie, it's so, it's so wimpy. And, and Annie and her friend is Dee Dee. The, those sound too similar. That's not like Monica, Rachel, Phoebe. Yeah. You know, that's, it's like, yeah. What would you, what would be a good name for a, I would have named her Jody. Oh, with a, with an I because that's a little bit of a reference to Joe. But uh-huh. also, she just looked like a Jody to me. Like she'd okay. walk in, I'm Jody. 
Uh, I would have changed the Dee Dee character completely. So that's how, just me. How would you have changed I, Dee Dee? Well, a, I thought they were making her. Okay, this is going to sound sexist um, and superficial. Mm -hmm. um, she was too pretty to be the wacky neighbor. She was oh. too pretty and sexy for the wacky neighbor role. I, don't make her the wacky neighbor then. Yeah. Make her the sexy, you know, earth mother. Like when she's like later on, she's like, I, I knew this would happen. How many condoms do you need? Already there's enough wackiness around her. We don't need a wacky neighbor. She could have been more of a voice of reason and more of a I'm er, I'm worldly and I know my way around this place. I know my way around men. She could have been a little more um, what's your pussy from Sex in the City. Samantha? Yeah, she could have been a little more Samantha. A little more from Sex uh, in the City. What's her name? Uh, Kate Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Her too. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, they were trying to get a little too much and maybe that could have been fine tuned over time. But the idea was we needed her to be in the name of her being a free spirit, more adventurous, a person with more life experience and romance experience uh, compared to Annie. They also are making her a little bit silly, a little goofy. Yeah. And yeah, they probably could have pulled back on that. I, I agree with that note. Uh, so then the next scene uh, is on the subway and Nancy McKeon runs into a guy and he asks her out on a date and he turns out he's a cop. He shows her his badge and she's like, nope, sorry. I, <laughs> I don't get my number to guys on subways. And then as they leave the subway, she gets off and <laughs> there's this one dude in a tie and suspenders reading a paper, turns back to him and says, well, on the other hand, my day is wide open. <laughs> yeah it's a homosexual yeah it's a gay joke it's a gay joke yep especially since we just got another wink towards joe um when she uh, tells that cop i hate good-looking men she does say that i did write that down and she says you're a good-looking chatty guy but i don't go out with guys on on the subway he goes oh you think i'm good-looking and she goes and chatty and he's like, so what's wrong with that? And she says, I hate good looking men. We know. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say they they did. Let's talk about her dress. They do dress her. She does look pretty femme here. I do not get the tomboy vibe. Other than the hair. Do you agree with me? Yeah. Yeah. She's totally uber 90s in terms yeah. of all in black dresses uh, she's got big oversized uh, blazers, uh, black tights, the black dress with the black tights and the black shoes. That is so 1990s. You see that all the time on yeah. um, on Rachel and Monica, on Friends. But um, but yeah, I don't think she doesn't have pants on at any point. She's always in skirts. And yeah, uh, yeah. at one point she changes. She's getting ugh, stereotypical later on in the episode. She's getting dressed for the date. And so what do we get the uh, Marishka saying, you're not wearing that, are you? Why? What's wrong with this? Ugh. If you want him to think you're a librarian, then she goes back and changes into something more provocative. And she's like, what does this say? Oh, leave a 50 on the dresser and can me my beeper. Yeah, <laughs> my beeper. Yeah. And so that that trope of I'm the friend that's telling you how you should dress for the date to send the right signals. 
and the uh, and the outfit that Mariska is like the you know the this porridge is too hot this porridge is too cold this porridge is just right the just right outfit that they land on is a big ass shapeless baggy sweater yeah. and a long shapeless skirt that goes almost all the way down to the ankle i wrote down that's what she decided on a mennonite sister wife <laughs> You are so right. She might as well have put on a burqa, for God's sake. I mean, it's, yeah, that was pretty shocking. Even by 90s standards, that was a little bit like, really? Um, So after the subway scene, we end up in the office. So we've been introduced to the wacky character at home. Let's meet the wacky characters at the office. We've got the Italian stallion, guy that dates a lot of girls. And then we've got the nerdy married guy, who doesn't know anything about women. You're like, how did he even find a woman to date, let alone marry him? Yeah. And within two seconds in the office, we meet those characters and we have problem numeral cinco. Oh, continue. I love that you have this, this numeric list of problems. I'm, I'm thrilled. Hit me with it. All the men look alike. They do dark hair. Maybe that's why they recast the other guy because they recast it with a blonde dude, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I was thinking because the two men look alike and literally and oddly enough, they all look like Joe. Oh. (laughs) They all have short brown hair. Yeah, you're right. It's like a Joe lookalike contest. And they're all very tiny because they're all looking her in the eye and she's in a two inch clunky heel and which is very 96, but she's only five, six. Yeah. No, and they were all hands. pretty much looking her in the eye. So yeah. I can imagine my giant ass walking around that set <laughs> as Carol with your oh. heat, with your stilettos. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Attack of the 50 foot drag queen. Mm. At the office, we discover that Annie is a like works at a temp agency or something or yeah, an employment recruiting. agency yeah employment agency which is you know sets you up for comedy gold because of the the characters that she can be interviewing mm-hmm. um oh i have a degree in butterfly catching do you mm-hmm. have any jobs for that uh, yeah hilarious um but um which is another episode mrs garrett is um it's one of the clients. Oh, is that what it is? Episode. I'm yeah. I'm a registered nurse. I run yeah. a suicide hotline. And her scene is really overtly sexual. Like, are you kidding me? Was was Charlotte yeah. Ray actually on it or are you fucking yes. with me? No, Charlotte Ray was on it. What? And she plays somebody looking for a, a job. Oh and my god. I thought you were kidding. No. We have to watch that. That's a future episode. episode. It's episode eight. No, she's in it for literally a minute and a half at the Uh, beginning. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Totally fine with it. No winks or anything like like that character could have said, well, I worked at a girl's school for a long time. Yeah, I was a dietitian. Yeah, but no, no winks like that. It was all about her pleasing her husband. Um, anyway, so, so while she's at work, this cop that she met on the subway walks in because she left her magazine that she was reading on the subway in the Mm -hmm. subway and it had her work address on it. Yikes. 
Yeah. First of all. <laughs> and who has their magazines delivered to their place of work? That's doctor's weird. offices. That's the only thing I can pl- think of. I, I've never no. seen a nurse reading a highlights magazine on the subway. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Goofus and Gallant is really funny this month. <laughs> um, but um, so she decides that they will go on a date. She, mm-hmm. he, he will go on a date with her. So this is when we go back to the um, the the brownstone that she lives in. Mm-hmm. We get an exterior shot establishing that she lives in a brownstone somewhere in New York. And as we establish that, she then says prob- problem numeral sink. Uh, I don't know where we're at, but Sace. Be um, But she says references the fact that she makes under 20,000 a year. Thank you. <laughs> and has a brownstone in New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. So keeping in line with friends, we have people that know jobs that yeah. have amazing apartments. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing on friends that they did incorporate later into the show is that uh, apparently the apartment that Monica and Rachel live in, it's still under the name of Monica's dead grandmother, I think. So because yeah. it's it would therefore be rent control, they never changed over ownership because that would have yeah. put them in another price bracket. So the idea is that they were on the sly still enjoying the rent control that her grandmother had, uh, had for lack of a better term, grandfathered into the, yeah. the living arrangement. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. That's another one of those really... Um, and the hallway doesn't look nearly as nice as the apartment. The hallway looks more like friend's hallway, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When she goes across the way. Um, so this is where we have Annie. God, it is weird to call her Annie. You're right. It's not in. Um, and Angie. I could call her Angie. All right. Even though there was already the Donna Pescow show, Angie. So the, the so this scene is where we are trying on the outfits and Marishka is giving her uh, commentary and then knock, knock, knock at the door. It's Roger, you know, your coworker, the way your coworkers pop by your apartment to borrow money before they go on a date. Yeah. And uh, apparently he owes money to Marishka already. So he's asking Nancy McKeon. And uh, that's just another character thing. And then. Uh, when does uh, when does the other guy show up, or is he just there later when she's painting her kitchen? When she's painting the kitchen, yeah. I don't know, David. When he shows up, <laughs> at this okay. point, I've got they go on a date, and they went through. She they, she ends up on the date, and they show a ride through Central Park. And my question was, do New Yorkers really do that? Right. I feel like the horse-drawn carriage through Central Park is a tourist thing. But, yeah, I don't think locals do that. That's I don't know. yeah, that's but then we find out what a whore this character is. <laughs> Thank you, Sex in the City. Um, yep. because she's literally jumping on top of him, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Joe, it's the first date, yeah. Um, okay, so and she's playing up the fact that that number one we know it's been a while for her we know that she she would love to get some it's been a while and secondly she does kind of try to be in that 
I don't usually do this kind of a thing, but do you want to come inside and and all that stuff? But yeah, it is interesting how, you know, friends talked about stuff like that. And I mean, they went on dates and you saw them making out with people. But yeah, this had a little a little extra something, a little extra, maybe because it's like, oh, this is our lead character. And it's Nancy McKeon with a man. <laughs> um, and and it's her. It, it, it is interesting. I have to say, I'm like, this is 95. This is pushing it for a young single girl to be like, I'm going to fuck this guy on the first date. And for for CBS. I felt like it was a little like I don't know. I feel like CBS is the old lady network. Oh, but but the nanny and Murphy Brown, those were sassy yeah. shows. They had yeah, sass. but they were like they were, okay. Yeah, I mean they did have murder. She wrote, yeah, true. I didn't feel like Murphy Brown or the nanny really ever focused on anybody fucking. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> Other but, than um, when Murphy became pregnant at <laughs> seventy two or whatever. <laughs> But we do have, oh, there is a funny side gag. I have to admit, I laughed. I did laugh when they're coming back to the apartment. And she says, I'm sorry, the fabric label says flame retardant. And he (laughs) says, I'm sorry. I thought it would be more romantic if we sat at the table that was near the fireplace. And she turns to unlock her door. And you see the back of her sweater is completely burnt and charred implying that she caught on fire on her date, which I think is a fucking hilarious premise. Yeah. I'm, I am in. Thank you. I, this is credit where it's due. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, there's another joke that comes up later that I think is also very funny. Uh, I forget what it was though. Um, So right about the time they're kind of talking and kissing and he drops that, he has to be up early in the morning anyway. So wasn't there kind of a, uh, maybe maybe you should go. This uh, And he says, well, I do have to be up early in the morning because I'm going hunting. Yeah. Record scratch. What? He, he hunts doves? Is that what it is? It was birds, right? Yeah, yeah. Doves, I thought she said. And apparently that's a deal breaker. Wow. Yeah. Um. So she's quickly like, I have an emergency, uh, runs across the hall, knock, knock, knock on Marishka's door. And Marishka earlier had asked uh, Italian dude, uh, hey, skip your date and stay here with me and help me paint my kitchen. So for the rest of the episode, she's got paint all over her. We never see the kitchen. We never even see her apartment. But when she opens the door, the other nerdy coworker is there. It's like, oh, do you know him too? And then he mentions Gail is still inside. So he and his wife have come over to help his boss's neighbor slash friend to paint her kitchen like you do. As you do. Yeah. Uh, So when she answers the door, though, Mariska is like, what you need? Holds out a whole row of condoms. And it's like, yes. So um, anyway, uh, Nancy, Annie joe talks her way out of this date and sends him because uh, apparently the doves thing that's a deal breaker yeah and i'm like oh really that's the huh yeah that's the hill that that's gonna die on yeah but maybe i don't know i didn't watch enough episodes maybe they're setting up the fact that like she can meet a great guy and then oh he puts his socks on before he puts his shoes on like oh and that's a deal breaker 
Yeah. You know, so I don't know. But they did establish that she feeds pigeons from her office. Earlier. Oh, God, I completely missed that. You are totally right. You so, are totally, totally right. There's again, that connection. It seems like a real flimsy, like, yeah, plot point, but. Yeah, yeah, leaning out the window of a skyscraper to feed pigeons. And she has this pair that she is fairly sure are the same pigeons who keep coming back. And she's named them Bill and Hillary. Yeah. Ha ha! Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they how do. do you, how do you know which one's Bill? He was the one doing the Blue Jay. That was the joke. <laughs> oh, wow. Hilarious. Yep. That's, that's treading new comedic ground, let me tell you. Uh, so then we do what, what, what you said earlier about her finding flaws and everything. We do get that a little bit in the final scene, the sort of wrap up. Well, that was a wacky situation, wasn't it? And it was kind of like going through ugh, all the guys with the weird things that, yeah. you know, and some of them legitimate deal breakers. I forget what. But um, then we get a Lenny and Squiggy moment. You know what I'm talking about? No. Where Nancy McCann says, hey, it's fine. I'm laughing. So that means I'm not that broken up about it. But for all of the loser dates I've had, I know someday the man of my dreams is going to come walking through that door. Hello. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and it's actually other Joey guy yeah. coming back from his date. Uh, and here's my favorite line. <laughs> I, it's like he still has the flowers in his hand. And it's like. What I thought you were going on your date. Did she stand you up? And he says, yeah, she did. And then I stood her up. And then we tried all different kinds of other angles. <laughs> I like that joke. So then uh, he, for some reason, gives the roses to Annie. And she reads, it's a, you know, one of those, you know, rest in peace, grandma jokes like this card is for somebody else. Or, um, oh, no, it was a. And it's uh, roses. Apparently the girl gave them to him or something, but it says like roses are red, violets are blue. My mom would freak out if she knew I was doing you or something terrible like that. That was pretty bad. And then Um, they all go, it's Saturday night in New York City and we're young and hip. And they all go running out of the apartment for an adventure. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. This this convenient way to bring them all together. When he shows up with the roses, I was just like, oh, okay. This is the, we need to get the entire cast all in the room together to be like, here we are. This is our show. Yeah. And um, and then the final joke uh, before we, well, there is a tag after this, but the final joke is uh, ring, ring. And before she goes to the phone, Marishka says, no, no, no. Let the machine pick it up. And then you hear on the phone, it's Marishka's voice going, I want you, I want you to leave a message. And then you hear a guy say, hey, uh, my name is Steve and uh, your mother gave me your phone number, said I should maybe try to ask you out. I can hardly wait because according to your message, you're clearly a whore. And according to this episode, you're clearly a whore. Oh, come on. No slut shaming, Matthew. (laughs) She's my Joe. I'm sorry. What bothers you, Matthew? Is it that she's sleeping with a man on the first date? Or is it that she's sleeping with a man on the first date? Yes. Okay. Just want to make that clear. My final note, David, is this is my final review. She has amazing 
comedy instincts. Mm-hmm. Nancy McKeon. Agreed. She's, she's delightful. She's not unpleasant to watch. She knows her way around a joke. She knows her way around physical comedy even. Mm-hmm. She's a pro. This is the classic example of the material not being good enough for the star. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you that it, it could be better, but as far as pilots go, we've said this before on, on the other, on let's face the facts, we have seen some pilots for series that would go on to be successful, but we're like the pilots, you're like, whoa, that was rough, man. How did, they're, they're lucky that shit got picked up. Um, I think Designing Women had a kind of a, again, it was the, the actors carried it through, Dixie and Delta, they, if they didn't have those actresses, you know, Designing yeah. Women was kind of tepid at best and it got progressively better. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this had potential though. I'm, I'm fascinated to visit some future episodes. I definitely would love to see the one with Charlotte Ray and I want to see the one with uh, Alex Rocco as well. Literally needs- Charlotte Ray does a scene in the yeah. episode. I, 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 yeah, I'm okay. David, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you know, you, you would need to be a TV talkaholic to, to talk about this show for two hours. This has been fun. This has been, even if we don't enjoy it, we hopefully have entertaining reflections on it. And we didn't, uh, uh, we, we, we forgot that we need to thank listener Tutti Fruity Michelle B for pointing this out to me. So we can thank Michelle B for keeping me from having to watch The Girl Most Likely Too. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Matthew. I still really, really want to watch that one. I really think it would be fun. You you haven't seen it, right? God, no. Okay. No one has, David. Even I... <laughs> Channing hasn't seen it. <laughs> well, I did post that that was one of the things under consideration uh, on the Patreon. And Bruce H., one of our beloved Tutti Fruities, uh, did chime in saying he would love to have us do the girl most likely to. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if Bruce H. wants us to... We, we need to at least put a pin in it and maybe come back to it later. All right. All right. Well, it is June, June, June. June is busting out all over. And that's uh, TV Talkaholics. So we abandoned our rating system. We once yeah. upon a time were talking about uh, chips and all that. So out of, <laughs> out of five Talkaholic chips, um, I would give Can't Hurry Love four, four, four Talkaholic chips out of five. Mm. I'd give it three. Yeah. Need some work. Need some work. Mm-hmm. Send, the, send the notes back in your time machine. Maybe they'll pick it up for another season. Number 24 in the Nielsen's. We don't need that. We have other great shows that we can put on instead. I bought myself an Emmy, so I don't know what they're doing. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, that is June um, TV Talkaholics, Tutti Fruities. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for supporting the show. And we will be back at you next month. So bye. You can you can say bye, Matthew. Oh, bye, David. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. Oh, <Bye>. so. <laughs> uh, no, more about gel coat. When the fourth. Don't you call in the. More importantly, 